Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. You want to win? Put Kyle Pitts in. Let him know me, dog. I'll tell you what you didn't win. The hearts of America, the hearts of Falcon fans, the hearts of Kyle Pitts' mom. I'll tell you, you didn't win any of that. All you won was two losses. That's right. And I don't even know if that makes sense. You won losses because that's all you've got to show for yourself, Arthur Smith. Free Kyle Pitts. And he go off in week three. We just going to say, woo! Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour and leading off with an iconic promo from Lawrence Jackson and Matthew Berry. Matthew Berry with a well-earned day off today, but we have Lawrence Jackson here from Roto World. We have Pat Corain here from Roto World. I am Connor Rogers. Fellas, a lot to get through today, but no better way to kick off the show then right with that promo, is Kyle Pitts finally freed? I think so. We finally got to see you him. You willed it to existence. <laughs> yes, yes. At, like, Arthur Smith had to have seen that video because Kyle Pitts finally led the team in targets, in receptions, in yards, and the Falcons got their first victory. So, yes, we want some more. We, we want some more. We got to get a little more. We do. But, but we love that, though. We love it. Yeah, thank you, Lawrence. Thank you, Matthew. I have a lot of Kyle Pitts teams that needed that help and a 40% target share. I mean, if we get the Falcons throwing a little bit more with this kind of usage, uh, wheels up. Yeah, Arthur Smith saying that they weren't trying to win fantasy football. They were trying to win real games. Turns yeah. out they go hand in hand. If you feed Kyle Pitts, you get your first win of the season. So huge news and much has been an appetizer. We still need him to get into the end zone consistently. I think we will get there. But we are going to also get to some of the biggest injury updates around the league, including DeAndre Swift. Dalvin Cook and David Montgomery. But before we get to that, fellas, the Sunday scaries, they start to kick in in the evening. They carry over into Monday morning. And we have to kick off with a big name dud. And that is Joe Mixon with 6.8 fantasy points in a game where the Bengals offense got going in the right direction against the New York Jets. They were up two scores pretty much the entire second half, but a letdown for Mixon. Yeah, in a game like that where everybody's getting a little bit of piece of the pie, you want to see the running back you know, get some piece of that pie. But instead, it was the backup running back, Samaj P. Ryan. He vultured away the touchdown. Mixon was not efficient on his runs, but he hasn't been in this season up until this point. So there should be some concern. The good thing about it is he should he should still get that volume. But we also had to worry about why he left the game oh, late in the up. third quarter. So we got that hanging over our head as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I think this is concerning because this is the version of the Bengals that we've been waiting to see. They were aggressive through the air. They were able to hit big plays downfield. Joe Burrow was finally clicking his with his receivers, and that was part of the allure of Mixon and drafts, is that he's going to be part of this explosive Bengals attack. He's going to be able to get in the end zone. But he's been so inefficient this year, only two yards per carry in this game. I guess one silver lining here, he did have seven targets, and that's been yeah. a very bullish part of his fantasy profile this year more than we thought. You know, he's been involved in the receiving game. So that at least a positive sign. Yeah, we saw it on winning effort. Burrow willing to spread the ball around to all three of the wide receivers. And it's not that it phased Mixon out. They still gave him the ball, but just not a huge production day. Speaking of that, in a wild win for the Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson under five fantasy points, a rare, rare occurrence. But this is back-to-back weeks now. Justin Jefferson has been limited. And let's hear from him on the double teams that he is now seeing from the opposition. Yes, you doubled and even triple teamed on some plays all day. How do you navigate that? In the end, it works out, and other guys get opportunities. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's frustrating, for sure. But, uh, I mean, I asked for it. Yeah, just playing the way I've been playing, um, just being the type of player that I am, uh, I mean, those double teams and triple teams are going to come. Uh, but that's the that's the luxury of having Adam and, and KJ on the other side. Uh, I mean, even J. Reg over here. So, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll receive a course deep. Even when they want to double-team me, I know somebody's going to be open. So uh, that's, that's the luxury of it. Jefferson clearly happy with the win for the Vikings. The good news, fellas, and no surprise, he played 100% of the offensive snaps. Justin Jefferson is the offense with or without the ball in Minnesota. The bad news is back-to-back weeks with less than 50 receiving yards, zero touchdowns, a rare occurrence since he's been in the league. Lawrence, where's your, I don't want to call it panic meter at, but concern level with Justin Jefferson? Yeah, not too concerned at this point. You know, they they wanted to get the win. They needed to get the win, and they got that. The other receivers were able to be productive. So two weeks in a row, it's, it's okay. They ran the ball well. That helped them get the win. And I like Justin Jefferson's answer. He, he said his answer. He said, I'm the big dog. I know these double and triple teams is going to come. And I'm ready for it. So he will bounce back. And I like that he threw Jalen Rager name in there, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even for really good receivers, elite receivers, you're going to see some inconsistent production. One thing to note here is that Justin Jefferson did did draw a defensive pass interference in the end zone. Uh, He also, I think, is correct that he's drawing a ton of coverage. And it is opening up other guys in the offense. K.J. Osborne was able to hit consecutive 28-yard receptions, one for the game-winning touchdown. So seeing that, you know, maybe the, the defense is going forward, they devote a little bit less attention to Jefferson, and he can feast even if he's getting double and triple teams because he's that good. Yeah, I agree. And with Kevin O'Connell calling the shots in Minnesota, I think you have a little belief that they'll find creative ways to get Jefferson the ball, whether it's uh, flexed inside in the slot or outside. Kirk Cousins needs Justin Jefferson to be himself. All right, moving on, Tyree Kill. Coming off a monster, monster week two. Not even comes back down to earth in week three, but 5.3 fantasy points in PPR format. Uh, Still 22% target share in week three, but the production just wasn't there. And a shocking win for the Dolphins where it seemed like a lot of odd factors were in play in that Miami Heat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The biggest odd factor is the fact that the Dolphins only ran 39 plays. Yep. Right, so this is why we had the ball the whole time. Right, right. It's crazy, Uh, and this is why you won't worry about Tyreek Hill either. It was just that type of game. The Miami defense stepped up, whereas to week two, their offense stepped up. Jalen Waddle caught the big pass that pushed him over 100 yards. So even Tyreek Hill mentioned it in an interview. He was like, you know, three targets, three catches, just whatever. 
will bounce back. And he said he owes Eli Apple on Thursday, so we got to be ready for that too. All right. Yeah, I mean, he only had four targets in this game. That was still good for a 22% target share because, you know, the Dolphins only threw yeah, throw. 18 times from two. A Teddy Bridgewater also had two attempts. So, yeah, it, just no volume here. I, I don't think there's anything to be concerned about. I like that point from both of you. It's not just that his targets were down, and they were. It's the fact that the targets around the entire offense were yeah. down. So Ty- Tyreek Hill was just a part of that in a really, really strange game where the Bills almost had 500 yards of offense and still lost. All right, looking at the Raiders, man, it's, they are the only 0-3 team in football right now. Darren Waller, uh, a part of that suffering right now, only 5.2 fantasy points in week three. He's now played under 75% of the offensive snaps in consecutive weeks, fellas. Is there some concern here with Waller's usage? Yeah, so you don't love that, especially when you're an elite tight end. Uh, if he if he would have had like some bad stats here or there, but he was playing 90% of the snaps, that's cool. We could deal with that. But the under 75% for a top-tier tight end, you kind of worry about that, and you think, well, is this going to be the type of offense where it's going to be a Hunter Renfro week and then a Darren Waller week? From Waller, you want that consistently. You're still obviously going to start him, but just be weary of that. Yeah, I think this is concerning. Tight end is so tough because, you know, it's not like wide receiver, where if you're starting wide receiver, you're basically going to be out there pretty much the whole time. You're going to have a chance to earn targets. At tight end, sometimes the guys aren't getting on the field as much as we like. It's more similar to running back in some ways. And in this game, you had uh, Foster Moreau filling in a lot for Darren Waller, mm-hmm. running some of those yep. slot routes. Where they had to throw in this game. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is a situation where you would have expected Darren Waller to step up and have a good game. You had an, a career day from Mac Hollins. You know, so (laughs) to not have Darren Waller even be on the field for a full-time role here is definitely concerning because this is a new coaching staff. They may be signaling what they plan to be doing going forward. Yeah, the Raiders defense allowing the Titans to basically score at will on those first couple of possessions. This is a game where you really think you're firing up Darren Waller for a big target day um, that just didn't lead to a lot of production. All right, keeping the concern factor going. Guys, this one when we came out of Sunday was my biggest (laughs) one because if you look at the box score, it's somehow gone from – Bad, bad to even worse in week three for DJ Moore on the Panthers. Let's call it what it is. He's not had more than three receptions in a game this season. 2.5 points in week three. (laughs) This is a surefire 1,000-plus yard receiver that can't get anything going right now, clearly because of the quarterback situation in Carolina. Right, and we always talk about DJ Moore being consistent with his four touchdowns every year, right? This year... Every game, he'd have had six targets. Those are the type of targets you like to see from your number two or your number three passing option. Uh, this is scary. If this happened again, we might have to come to the show next time dressed in all black. Because if Baker Mayfield is completing less than 50% of his passes on the daily, which is what he did, you do not love that for your top receiver that you probably drafted in the third or fourth yep. round. Yeah, if we were redrafting today, does DJ Moore go in the single-digit round? I don't think so. No. Yeah, I, That's I how bad the offense looks. It's been horrible. Baker Mayfield ranks 28th among quarterbacks in EPA per play. Pretty strong efficiency metric that just you know shows you you know when you're ranked behind Joe Flacco, that's, that's not good for the offense. Uh, for DJ Moore especially, I think Christian McCaffrey, who has had at least back-to-back 100-yard days yeah. on the ground, can get there, and hopefully we'll see some more work through the passing game. But this is not a passing offense that we want pieces of. And he's out there. Played 60 of 61 offensive snaps. Obviously, a receiver making $20 million a year with the production he's had. That's going to be the case 
but no production so far this season. All right, Alvin Kamara, he's been dealing with some injuries this season. The Saints offense did not have a fun day once again besides Chris Olave. Kamara played in less than 70% of the snaps week three. It is clear that they are kind of watching his work total here with him dealing with some rep management on uh, the, the injury front. Lawrence, what are we thinking with Kamara right now? This has been one of the more consistent running backs in fantasy because of the pass catching, and now the work total is just not there. Yeah, this is another one. You could be concerned for him, not as much as Joe Mixon, but like you said, he's coming off the injury with the ribs. They're trying to monitor what they got going on, and the whole offense just didn't look good, you know? So I give Kamara a little bit more, a little bit more time to get right. And we'll see what it is because, like, especially where you drafted him, hell, you gotta have some faith. <laughs> you got to, <laughs> even if it's a prayer. What do you think, Pat? Seven targets in this game, so you know that I think is going to be the yeah. key here because his rushing efficiency fell off last year. He got a lot more work as a rusher last year. That's not really what we want. The 15 carries here, great. Let's get seven targets. Let let's get him. You know producing more as the receiver, which is what has led to him being a fantasy superstar. And maybe with these wide receiver injuries, we do get that a little bit more going forward. All right. We are back on the Allen Robinson roller coaster this week again. Week one, the man was missing. Week two, we had the bounce back. Week three, back under five points. Wide receiver, 73. Uh, Dating back to last season, fellas, Robinson is averaging 7.3 points in PPR format now over the last 15 games. (laughs) That, when you put it in that perspective, I think the expectations are going to be uh, very, very underwhelming now with Robinson's stat line. Yeah, you, you, we need to bring out the cold emoji for that one right there because it's definitely going to be a roller coaster, and I feel like that's just how it's going to be. On a day where Cooper Cup wasn't crazy, yep. it, where he didn't go off in the receiving game, you think like, okay, Allen Robinson, he going to do something. Nah, nah, like everybody else, here, Cooper Cup run the ball. Um this got me feeling like Odell got a chance to come back now. You know what I'm be saying? Be a factor. Yeah, yeah man. So I, I, he's not a – like, you got to think about benching him sometimes now. Like, coming into the season, you were feeling like he could be a wide receiver too. He's nothing close to that right now. It, it's scary to have him in there in the lineup right now. He does have a role in the red zone, but he is very touchdown dependent. And, yeah. you know, I think you can think of him as kind of a poor man's Adam Thielen. Uh, I think you can think of him as sort of almost like a tight end type of play where you're really hoping that he scores a touchdown and he is going to get some targets in that area, but just nothing outside of that right now. Do you guys think he's moved into almost desperation flex territory at this point, or do you trust yeah, you, him a little more? Like, yeah, because if I'm feeling like you got to think about benching him, that's, that's a desperation yeah. flex, you know what I'm saying? It's like you know he's good. Like you said, you know when you get in the red zone, there's a chance they yeah. love to throw in the red zone, but it's like – you going to be sweating that out all game? I'm good, baby. Plus, I mean, Cooper Cup's there, too. They're going to be looking for him in the red zone, so it's not even like there's that much touchdown upside. I, I do think he's a desperation flex. All right, last one on our duds list for today. Kyler Murray, uh, no touchdown scored passing or throwing in week three against those Rams. He's now had less than 25 fantasy points in eight of his last ten games. So a guy that was kind of viewed in a lot of drafts as a potential superstar because of the hot start last season. I wouldn't say he's falling off a cliff, but he's not even close to that upper-tier quarterbacks. Yeah, he, you definitely expected him to be with the Jalen Hurts and Lamars yes. and Mahomes and Herberts and all those guys, but they're just not scoring any points. And when I'm watching this offense play every week, I'm thinking like, 
I bet they can't wait to have DeAndre Hopkins back. Like, I feel like that's what you need to just get it going. Like, Hollywood Brown had himself a day, his best day as a Cardinal so far. But it's like you need that true uh, alpha number one receiver to really get going. But hopefully he could get it sooner, get it going sooner than that because Hopkins still out for a little bit. Yeah, Kyler Murray, two spots behind Carson Wentz in EPA per play, two spots ahead of Mitch Trubisky. Not where it's we a weird to. range for Kyler Murray to be. Yeah. Right if you mention it, Mitchell Trubisky, <laughs> we got a problem. We, we got to think about we something. Do. We're we hitting do. the code red we button. Think We're about hitting the code red button. We still yeah. have elite upside with the rushing, as we saw last week. So no need to panic here. But you know, I, I think you know, please keep forcing targets to Marquise Brown for as long as Hopkins is out, because that at least does create some some passing yeah. um, production. You know, for fantasy he, purposes. He had him on a deep ball too. They didn't connect, so that that was some points missed there too. And the Greg Dortch show of 2022 rolls <laughs> on, fellas. Don't sleep on Dortch. All right. Let's get into the latest on the injury front right now. Uh, DeAndre Swift has, officially has a shoulder sprain that won't require surgery, but he could miss some time, as you see right here, uh, in the loss against the Vikings. Not missing, you know, not having to deal with sur- surgery is a really good outlook for the long term, fellas. But the bottom line is it's clear he's probably going to miss a few games dealing with this. Yeah, and that's tough. And it, what's also tough is that that's going to – it's like the norm and the narrative of what we come to expect from DeAndre Swift because we know when he's on the field, he's one of the best. Yeah. And it only heightens Jamal Williams' value now. I don't think he's on a lot of waivers, but if he is in your league, you better go get him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but this – like I said, this heightens his value, so – Hell, he looked like a running back one yesterday with DeAndre Swift playing. So, Jamal Williams got to be a top 15 player. So, with how that Lions offense is playing, you got to love that. And if you have Swift, you just got to hope it's, you know, closer to two to three games than four to six. Yeah, Pat, Lawrence hinted at it. I mean, the Lions offensive line is great. They have a consistent rushing attack. Now you take Swift out of the equation. Is Jamal Williams essentially a real RB1 now? Yeah, I think low-end RB1, definitely yeah. high-end RB2. I mean, he already had the short yardage role. And so now he's going to get more of the receiving work. You know, DeAndre Swift's role was already being managed. So I do think that, you know, what Williams is going to get on top of this, maybe it's not going to be, like, massive because Craig Reynolds will see yeah. work as yep. well. Yeah. Yeah. But to get the work at the goal line, which he definitely has locked down, plus more receiving work, I mean, yeah, he's, he's a very valuable fantasy running back right now. All right, moving over to the Bears, who they are just focused in on their rushing attack. It feels like Justin Fields barely gets to throw the ball. Good news for the Bears' backfield, although some bad news. David Montgomery comes out of the game. They're calling it a lower body injury. Uh, he's expected to be day-to-day, so we will see David Montgomery back soon. But, fellas, the reality is at this point, when Khalil Herbert gets the ball – Good things happen. 22 touches, 169 yards, and the touchdown. Let's hear from Herbert on his big day and making most of some of those opportunities he's getting. How were you feeling as, you, as the carries piled up and you saw that yardage pile up and you knew you were being effective? Um, really just you get in a rhythm, you know. I was getting in a rhythm, and, you know, the O-line did a great job of opening up things for me, allowing me to get in that rhythm. Um, but once you get in the rhythm, you, you start feeling things, you start feeling hot, um, you're able to just do stuff that, you know, you're able to do. Getting in that rhythm out there, you've been able to come in, you know, cold at times throughout your game and, and make these big, sustained plays. What's the key for that in your mind, of being able to do that? Um, really just making the most of my opportunities. I, I, I come in with that mindset every week, um, you know, whether it's one carry, 20 carries, um, you know, just try and make the most of that and make a play with, with what I get. Lawrence is... 
Herbert going to be the hottest name on the waiver wire this week if he's even available in your league at this point? 100%. You, you, you don't just go. It would have been different if he went for 90 yards and a touchdown. This man went for 157 on him. So, you know, <laughs> like, if he, he's probably going to be the top waiver wire priority. And like you said before, every time he's gotten a shot, he has delivered. And with the way that the Bears are not throwing the football, you know, this is going to be all him. Like they're going, and even if the Bears get behind, he'll be on there. He'll be in the game on pass situations, and and you gotta love that. If you're sitting on Khalil Herbert, you, you looking you looking pretty good right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, you are. I mean, he had seven point nine yards per carry. Justin Fields had six point two yards per attempt. I mean, he was That's the insanity. offense. It really wow. is. And the Bears, this is the way they want to play. Uh, they are the lowest team in the league in pass rate over expected. If you look at kind of where teams are expected to pass based on game situation down distance, they are running the ball. This is philosophical. They've been extremely run heavy in all three of their games. Justin Fields, by the way, last in the league in EPA per play. So they're trying to protect and hide fields. And I think if, if we have any missed time from David Montgomery, we're going to see big workloads from Khalil Herbert. All right, another big injury in the backfield for the Vikings. Dalvin Cook goes down with a shoulder injury. We don't have the latest exactly of what the timetable is, but it's business as always for Alexander Madison. Eight touches, 44 yards, a touchdown and relief. I mean, we've talked about this for years now. It feels like when Cook inevitably misses a little bit of time each year, Madison plays extremely effective in his role. Yeah, all, it's like RB1 type stuff too, you know. He, he did it immediately soon as Dalvin, a, after Dalvin Cook was on his way to a top day as well. Um, but they, they did say that uh, he'll try to put the harness on the shoulder, Dalvin Cook. They'll pop that thing in. He'll be ready to go. We'll see. Dalvin Cook and that shoulder been weird for the last couple Long years. Time. Like he, he ran up last year against the Steelers. He had 200 yards in a game with the messed up shoulder. So he could be great with it. Or he could be out the game with it. But if he's playing, you got to fire him up. If he's not, you got to fire Alexander Madison. Yeah, it's a pain tolerance issue at this point for Cook. But when you look at Madison specifically, I mean, he's very trustworthy at this point when he gets that chance. Yeah, I think, you know, there's already been pro football talk reported that uh, we were likely to see Dalvin Cook play in London. But I think, look, I mean, if he plays, you still want to try to trade for Alexander Madison after this game because, Lawrence, you mentioned the, the shoulder's been a recurring issue here. Could be something that pops up later in the season, and this game was confirmation that if Cook misses time, Madison is going to have that super valuable role that he did in the Mike Zimmer offense. All right, last one on our injury list is not a running back for once, but Mac Jones, uh, obviously a bit of a thriller, Baltimore against the Patriots yesterday. It did come down to the wire. Baltimore closed it out in, in you know emphatic fashion at the end, but the big news was in the final two minutes, Mac Jones leaves with that ankle injury. It is a high ankle sprain and what we've seen of high ankle sprains for quarterbacks we'll see how he manages it but this is something that can linger throughout the entire season there has to be a little concern for Mac Jones not just the injury but the New England offense has been very up and down with this new staff yeah they yeah like you said uh, up and down is probably being nice very polite you know um, (laughs) Mac Jones had a couple good drives there but ultimately throwing three picks that ain't gonna get it done when old L Jack is on the other side. But uh for this Patriots offense who that was was doing the opposite of humming, it could get even worse now that you got uh old boy, what's his name, Brian Hoyer, he gonna come in now and it's just <laughs> I mean, I mean, the good thing is you got Devontae Parker had a career Yesterday. high, career high. 
So I was like, okay, maybe there's something here. But now you know that Matt Jones will miss some type of time now, probably more than a little. And that's just not good overall for the Patriots and their hopes as a team going forward. Pat, do you think this makes them lean on the backfield even more? We saw Ramondre Stevenson obviously have a really big day. I think it does. And, you know, Ramondre Stevenson, he had five targets in this game. So maybe we see some more short, dump down, you know, check down type of stuff uh, that he would really benefit from in particular. He was balling. All right, we're going to take a break. We got through the duds. We got through the injuries. The bad vibes are over when we're back. We're looking for winners. We're going through the weekend warriors. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Be sure to check out our new Sunday show, Fantasy Football Pregame at 11 a.m. live on Peacock. It's a one-stop shop for your NFL fantasy and betting needs. Get your start, sit questions answered using the hashtag FFPregame. All right, fellas. Weekend Warriors time. Let's talk about the guys that actually had a big Sunday. And who better to start with than Devontae Smith, who made it pretty clear. Let's hear what Devontae had to say after the game. As a receiver, that's what it comes down to. 50-50 balls, you got to win it. I mean, the trust that Jalen has in all the receivers, is, I mean, it's our ball, no, nobody's ball. So um, just being there with him, um, just being able to make sure that if we don't come down with it, nobody comes down with it. What's your mindset, man, when you see the ball coming your way and you know it's going to be like a 50-50 type? It's my ball or nobody. It's my ball or nobody's, Devontae Smith said, and that lives up as he's out-targeted A.J. Brown over the last two games after the goose egg week one. 31 fantasy points in week three. Lawrence, some big-time bounce back these last two weeks after the disappointing week one for Devontae. Uh, again, another receiver where I like his answer. He just chilling. He ain't yelling or nothing. He's like, it's my ball, nobody ball. Remember, this is the Heisman Trophy winner at wide receiver, and I'm loving the fact that he's emerged now with Jalen Hurts because that's only going to make this offense overall even better. When you got two guys that you had to worry about, I think he's a strong flex play with how Jalen Hurts is doing in the passing games, back-to-back 300-yard passing days. So let's keep riding with it. This is a pass-first Eagles team. Once you account for game situation, they're actually passing more than you would expect at a decent rate. They're kind of where the Chargers and the Packers were last year. So we thought this might be like a balanced team. We were worried it might be a run-heavy team entering the year. This is like best-case scenario for the Eagles. They're actually a pass-first team. They can support two receivers. And we have had De- uh, Devontae Smith out-target 
A.J. Brown over the last two games, but I wouldn't be freaking out here. If you have A.J. Brown, he's going to get his too. It's just that this is a really exciting offense that can support multiple weapons. Yeah, everybody's getting theirs in that trio. We know what Jalen's done, obviously, right in the thick of the MVP race right now. Now Devontae and A.J. Brown uh, consistently on pace for huge years. We touched on this in segment one, Ramondre Stevenson, somebody that there were big expectations for this year, especially in the pass game role when you hear Belichick talk about him. Finished his RB7 in week three with over 20 fantasy points. He led the Patriots running backs in carries, rush yards, receptions, and receiving yards. Lawrence, you touched on it. Brian Hoyer has to play. This might lean back to the backfield a little bit more. Right, and, and this is why you got to feel even better about Ramondre Stevenson now, and you still don't count out Damian Harris because these are your two best players on offense now. Now, what happened against the Ravens for Stevenson? Like, we love that. In that type of game, it was only going to be Ramondre Stevenson. They gave him the shot. He showed up. Again, another strong flex play there for you. Patty outsnapped Damian Harris 41 to 25. So this is clearly he, his role is starting to sway all the way towards him a little bit. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, he can be that guy who's the passing down back, but then he's a big back, so he can actually score at the goal line. Damian Harris obviously very good at the goal line himself and a better breakaway runner. So both these guys have some clear strengths. But Stevenson, I think, would be very capable as the lead back here and a big-time fantasy asset in that role. Sticking with the New England offense and brace yourself. Yes, Devontae Parker with you. Lawrence said it, his best career game, essentially. Finished as wide receiver 10, 20.6 fantasy points in week three. Guys, he wasn't really a factor week one and two, and then he comes out of nowhere and has this kind of game with Mac Jones. First off, congratulations to Devontae Parker for having a career day as far as uh, yards is concerned. Uh, how do I feel about this going forward? Eh, you know, especially Bulls when, gold. Yeah, yeah, especially with Mac Jones out now. Again, they, they're going to really have to lean on these bats now. Devontae Parker is a beast when it kind of contested yep. catches. No, almost nobody better. But how is this offense going to look now when it was just starting to try to get it going? Also, I would worry more about what's up with that Baltimore secondary. Cause it's two weeks in a row. They getting lit up. Yep. You know, to, to give Devontae Parker his career day. <laughs> So we, we like you know they they caught the interceptions, but we got to figure out what's going on on that side too. I love that point. Yeah, the Ravens secondary has been one to target. I think it's going to be one to target this year. It certainly was at the end of last year, and we're seeing that repeat. And it is nice here to see with Jacoby Myers out that Parker can step up. But I do wonder, you know, once Myers gets back, we got quarterback issues here. I, I do think it's probably full school. All right, this one will probably be a trivia question at some point in the very distant future. Matt Collins finished as wide receiver two in week three. I don't think anybody projected that. He had 30 fantasy points. He out-targeted Devontae Adams, nine to eight. Mm. (laughs) We talked about the Raiders offense. It's a little difficult to figure out now. Good for Matt Collins, but, man, this makes things that much more confusing. You you know the song, Return of the Matt (laughs) But I don't think he's going to be returning once Hunter Renfro returns because he is a target monster in himself, and he he sat out with the concussion. Again, we didn't have much – we didn't get much from Darren Waller. We hope to. You kind of just see this as a game like, hey, he had his day. Uh, Devontae Adams, he'll get more targets. Even though the past two games, Devontae Adams has been kind of low. He saved us with the touchdown, but it was definitely Mac Hollins' day. So to him too, congratulations, Mac Hollins. We knew this was going to be kind of like a low-volume type of environment with the Titans, you know, wanting to be run heavy and every, everything. And, you know, sometimes targets condense to unexpected guys. I wouldn't be worried here about Devontae Adams. 
All right, James Robinson having a monster day. It's been really an impressive year for James Robinson when you consider what he's coming back from and the timeline that he's doing with that torn Achilles. Finished his RB6 over 20 points. Guys, here's what jumped out to me out of the gate. James Robinson ran more routes than Travis Etienne yesterday, 20-14. to What do we do with that? What you do with that is you say, look, James Robinson – I got you in double-digit rounds, and you're an RB2, and I love you. You beat the whole week. You win leagues. Yeah, we, you, he beat the whole they can't come back from the Achilles tear myth, and I love it. I'm loving what he's doing, and I just keep it going, man, because he's he looking explosive. He outran the Chargers defense for 50 yards. The 37-yard run he had in week two, they said, oh, that was just one run. Well, he did it again. <laughs> Yeah, short yardage carry that he takes the house. So that's pretty nice. Fourth and one. Yeah, fourth and one. That's that's the best way to convert a fourth and one score. Man, out snapped and out carried ETN in week three. And fellas, I mean, and we're gonna keep this going right now. Jacksonville offense. We can say it together. Jacksonville offense is something to be excited about right now in that uh, blowout win against the Chargers, and that starts with Trevor Lawrence, who finished as a top five quarterback in fantasy this week. He targeted eight different pass catchers in week three his first 25 plus point fantasy uh, performance in his career Trevor Lawrence could be one of those bargain quarterbacks in a year where it doesn't look like there's a lot of them yeah I mean this this weekend you had to feel better coming in with guys like him and Jared Goff and Cousins over at Tom Brady but you love to see this side of the young quarterbacks spreading the ball around he not fixated on Christian Kirk and he's running this offense how it's supposed to be run. They're looking good. Hell, they the best team in the division right now. They are win- they they dogged walk the Chargers yesterday. And so, like I'm I'm like you better put your ticket in now. It's probably too late. Too late. To get, it's too late yeah. to get the best money. <laughs> but if you just want to, you know, if you want to be a bandwagon better, go and get in on that. <laughs> yeah, Trevor Lawrence fifth in the league in EPA per play. He's second in completion percentage over expected, which measures accuracy. He is playing extremely well, and I do think we can buy into this chart or into this uh, Jacksonville offense. I think what's sustainable in my eyes is that an adult is in the room and Doug Peterson mm-hmm. there, now, right? <laughs> yeah. Where where yeah. where it, it matters a lot. We've seen Doug obviously yeah. have successful runs, yeah. specifically offensively, even with limitations at quarterback with young quarterbacks and uh the fact and, and Lawrence you kind of hinted at this say Jones involved Christian Kirk involved yeah, James that, Robinson involved there's a lot of different players impacting their point total right now and you don't got to worry about their coach being in the club you no, know what I'm saying no. it's the, the club that he owns <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> not good <laughs> All right, uh, keeping it moving here. Chase Edmonds with a bounce back week, RB11, 15.7 fantasy points in week three. I mean, the big one here for me is he saw all five goal line snaps in week three. So Chase Edmonds getting the goal line work in a game for Miami where they didn't throw the ball a lot. Yeah, so what what this game left me feeling like, just it left me feeling kind of confused. You know, especially like you said, he had all the goal line touches and he did what he was supposed to do with them. But in week two, it was the Raheem Mostert show, and that was really the first time they looked good running the ball so far. But week three comes along, and it's Chase Edmonds' turn. Uh, I felt good about Chase Edmonds coming into the season. I got a little cold on him early, but now he's starting to rev up again, so I feel good about him where I usually will play him in a flex spot. But you may be dealing with a situation where it may be an Edmonds week and it may be a Raheem Mostert week. But the good thing is it's an explosive offense, so that's always good. Yeah, uh, Andrew Hawkins was talking about Mike McDaniel and his philosophy uh, last week and saying, you know, he kind of 
takes a look at what you're not supposed to do and kind of the conventional wisdom and then goes against that. And there's probably no bigger conventional wisdom than uh, don't give Chase Edmonds goal line carries, and he's actually doing it. So, I mean, with goal line carries, he's got a receiving back profile as well. It's, it's actually pretty interesting as part of this explosive offense. Yeah, McDaniel coming from that 49ers tree all the way down the, the Gary Kubiak line of mm-hmm. the coaching tree. So you know their running back situation uh, is going to be confusing at best at times. So with that being said, Raheem Moster on the field, he split third down snaps at Chase Edmonds. They each had three. Is there any value still left in Raheem Moster? Oh, yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, it's just it, we was going to be asking that question about Chase Edmonds exactly. soon. You know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like they just kind of go with the hot hand. That's, I mean, you don't love to hear that if you have either one of these guys. You definitely don't love to hear it if you drafted Edmonds because you drafted him at a much higher price. Yep. If you got most of you're like, eh, I took him in the 13th round anyway. But it could be a lot of back and forth going on here. Yeah, and most of it's a big play guy. So I do think you can kind of use him as a fill-in running back to type of type of play if you need to all right staying with the backfield here the hype train man of the summer Damian (laughs) Pierce for the Texans finished as a top 10 back this week over 18 points played majority of the early down and short yardage snaps listen Rex Burkhead is still kind of a thorn in the side right now for that pass catching role but Pierce is looking like the guy everybody got really excited about over the summer yeah so I it's funny I actually wrote about Damian Pierce this past week uh, and my optimal flex plays as playing because in this type of game, it was going to be lower scoring. It was going to be run-oriented on both sides. Damian Pierce claimed the, the early down role in week two. Even if he wasn't going to get targets, he was going to get all those carries, and he did just that. So I would say, you know, play the matchups with Damian Pierce. Look who else you got on your roster and just play the matchups. The Bears was a good matchup. He exploited it. Yeah, a great matchup because the Texans are not going to be in a ton of situations where they're able to just run the ball and get away with that. I would also note he had two fumbles in this game. After the second one, it looked like Rex Burkhead was actually playing over him. Now, maybe that doesn't carry into next week, but I would be looking around and seeing if this game has restored some of the excitement that was around Damian Pierce headed into the season. Maybe you can trade him. Yeah, I think it's good probably a good, good week yeah. to shop. All right, in a bizarro game down in Miami for the Bills offense, Stephon Diggs was dealing with some cramps. There's a lot of odd heat-related injuries in this one. And it was Motor Singletary that stepped up. twenty Over 24 points in Week 3. 19.4% target share in Week 3. That's the fourth highest mark in his career. When things get rough or things get complicated at the receiver position, Josh Allen will lean on Motor when he needs to. Yeah, 100%. And you notice Devin Singletary nor James Cook suffer from them cramps you know why they south florida boys they are <laughs> about, they about that play action. out in a hoodie out there right they yeah. got that action out there so they luckily they had them now devin singletary has been the preferred running back for the bills from week one till now and it, after this game it's only going to continue to be that way james cook is getting a little more run as he should you saw zach moss get in there and have a long run but uh i think like like you say He's the one they're going to depend upon now. He's the one with the experience, and he shows up, and he makes plays consistently. 11 targets here for Singletary. That tied Stephon Diggs for the team high. Uh, 19% target share, fourth highest of his career. I do think that, you know, this is going to be tough to count on for Singletary because they specifically drafted James Cook to be a receiving down back. They tried to sign J.D. McKissick. You know, they, they have other plans in the works here. I think, you know, 
later in the season, some of this would go to James Cook. So I would be a little bit careful about buying into this completely. All right, closing out with the rookie wide receiver Chris Olave. Last week we talked about him having over 300 air yards, and Jameis said, <laughs> I'm going to keep looking for him down the field. So you could see some of these convert to real yards. They did this week, guys. Olave finishes his wide receiver six. He's seen a 32% plus target share in consecutive weeks. With all the injuries the Saints have dealt with at the skill spots, Jameis is now leaning on the rookie already in the first month of the season. Yeah, this is interesting. And, Pat, back in the summer when we did our uh, previews, I actually said Chris Olave could potentially lead this team in touchdowns just because of the yep. deep ball. I'm not a big uh, air yards guy. Yep. I like to see those air yards converted. Yards. <laughs> I like the real yards, and he got that. Now, the injuries to, to Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, they say those are not serious. So we got to keep a lookout on that. So, you know, we can't expect this every single game. He's going to get them air yards, though. If you like that, he'll get them. Um, Jarvis Landry had a great week one. Uh, so I feel like those guys will kind of switch off here and there. But Chris Olave, him performing is definitely what the Saints need right now. Yeah, I think, you know, the air yards – they are important, especially if you're drawing targets consistently. You know, and he had 13 targets in this game. To be able to consistently draw downfield targets, it's going to lead to a lot of upside week to week. You know, if both these guys are kind of banged up, I think, it, you know, this, this looks fairly real to me. This is a potential breakout here from Chris Olave. One last note on Olave. Less than 20 wide receivers this year have at least a 26% target share. He's one of them. That's impressive for a rookie, uh, even rookie for a first receivers rounder. receivers is balling right They're now. having uh, – all of them across the board are off to a really hot start. All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll go through the most noteworthy storylines out of Sunday with Roto Pat, who will be joining us in just a minute. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. For analysis of every game on Sunday Slate, make sure to listen to the Roto World Football Show Monday morning. Pat is joined by members of our Roto World staff to discuss team trends, possible breakout players, and all the other fantasy-relevant news you'll need to get an advantage in your league. Check it out tomorrow morning, wherever you download and subscribe to your podcast. And with that, we welcome in Roto Pat joins the show we are going to have a lot of fun with this one pat we started segment one talking about deandre swift's injury now we kind of want to lean on the jamal williams impact of that over the last two weeks he's out touched swift 35 to 17 and what's been an impressive lions ground attack how high are you on jamal williams now going forward with the swift injury i'm never really that high on jamal williams <laughs> uh, you know he is jamal williams and 
just DeAndre Swift, this what a frustrating thing this has been because you know it's not necessarily the vultures. You know, that was baked in. Uh it's not necessarily even like the raw carries. Um, it was the injuries and uh it, like kind of playing into another coaching staff's too belief that he can't hold up under these big workloads. And you know, hopefully he doesn't miss any time. We know that he might miss some time, but when he comes back is it going to possibly be to that same role we saw in week one where it kind of seemed like he was living up, you know, to his Austin Eckler destiny. Like this was a guy primed for like an Austin Eckler type season. He's a big play threat who was going to get high value touches. He would seed some goal line carries, maybe a little more than Austin Eckler, but also, you know, a little bit bigger, big play threat than Austin Eckler. So it's kind of went from looking like maybe the best case scenario, DeAndre Swift season in week one to now the worst case again, where, He's playing in to like you know, the worst perceptions of his game, and you know maybe it's justified. Maybe he just really can't hold up under these kind of workloads. And two, DeAndre, it's you can maybe play through a lower body injury. You can maybe play through an upper body injury. Having both at the same time, uh, not really recommended. <laughs> body cast. <laughs> yeah, but now, Pat, are you a doctor? For, yeah, I, I am. You yeah, gotta actually. be. Uh, There's a lot of doctors on Twitter now. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. if Swift does miss week four, I mean, the way I view Jamal Williams is kind of like a lower upside Jeff Wilson. And this run game isn't as well designed as the 49ers. He isn't as an explosive uh, of a player as Jeff Wilson at this point. Jamal Williams, is it's good in that he's trusted in all three downs, but he was a guy who kind of looked like he was running out of gas last year. He's looked a little springier this year, but not at all. Like uh, He's, he's not going to be plug-and-play RB2, might be a little bit beyond what is reasonable, but he'll probably slide into like that RB 22 to 28 range. Yeah, I think with the Swift stuff, you talk about the vultures, but it's not just that, you know, Jamal Williams is getting some of it. He's getting all of it. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown had a, a run down to the two, a yards after catch uh, run down to the two, and it was kind of a hurry-up situation, and they took Swift off the field, bring in Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams had two fourth and shorts before Swift was injured, so kind of all of it funneling to Williams has me a bit concerned. Yeah, Caffeine Campbell loves himself some Jamal Williams <laughs> at the goal line. All right, fellas, moving on more uh, you know, more concern level for Austin Eckler right now. Four carries for five yards in week three. He has 80 rushing yards on the season on 32 attempts. Pat, I mean, is there a panic level with Eckler or is his receiving production just always outweigh this so much that you're not too worried? I did say coming into week three that it might be panic mode if he had another down game, and then he had another down game, but I'm going to claim yet again that it's not panic mode because the usage was honestly fine. He played almost 60, 60% of the snaps. He dominated snaps on third and fourth down. I think he handled two of the four touches inside the 10-yard line, so still nothing really that concerning in the underlying usage. You know, Sony Michelle and Josh Kelly aren't exactly applying pressure either, and now a Chargers team, they're one and two, uh, two really tough losses back-to-back. They're kind of in, like, circle the wagons mode. How do you circle the wagons? You give the ball to your best player. Um, and it just feels more like a slump than, like, a concern. But I, I would understand if people are getting a little nervous because that was – especially with the quarterback injured in week three against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you expected an even bigger Eckler workload. You expected fantasy points, and it didn't happen. But, Lawrence, I mean, are you concerned? Should I – 
uh, should I be just starting to panic? Should I be crying live on air right now? I'm, I'm, su- I'm surprised you're not crying yet. This <laughs> guy got 32 carries for 80 yards. Like, we, we know he's going to get the receptions, but you got to be able to run it just a little bit. Like, that, that, that is 32 carries for 80 yards? I mean, no, while Sony it's a Michelle. Slump. I'll admit that. It's a slump. <laughs> While Sony Michelle is, is not running away with the position, obviously, I mean, five carries for 22 yards sound like Hall of Fame numbers compared to that. <laughs> 17 receptions over the past two weeks, still dominating the high-value touches. Hopefully the high-value touches end up meaning something in this offense. They didn't really mean a whole lot in a game where you lose 38-10, to 10, um, but I'm trying to still stay patient with Austin Eckler. All right, speaking of the panic button, that's all it was for Cam Akers in week one. But now in the last two weeks, guys, he's outcarried Daryl Henderson uh, in both games. Henderson saw more goal line snaps, three total, than Akers. But the bottom line is Akers is kind of back in the fold here. Pat, I'm not really going to ask you how much you trust him because I think it's hard to trust anybody in this backfield. But what do you make of this split right now? Yeah, Cam Akers week one panic mode, that was a different kind of panic mode. That was like you're up <laughs> in the F-15 and you just hit the eject button after 10 seconds. Yeah, like, I'm out. Quit the league. I'm out. Yeah. And, yeah. and now it's not so much panic as it is just really, really weird stuff going on this backfield where Akers has decisively outcarried Darren Henderson each of the past two weeks, but it kind of remained a true 50-50 split, at least from a snaps perspective on Sunday. And Daryl Henderson was still playing most of the money downs, like third and fourth down handling touches in the red zone. And, you know, Daryl Henderson finished only four total carries, yes. But in the first half, you know, when the game was uh, supposedly competitive, only two carries for Cam Akers and two carries for negative one yards. And it just feels like Sean McVay doesn't know what the week four plan is going to be. So I'm kind of not sure how we should know what the week four plan Because Sean McVay, he's telegraphed for a while. He's never trusted Daryl Henderson as like a bell cow type. Um, And now he just clearly can't trust Cam Akers is a bell cow type. So I feel like even Sean McVay is just making it up as he goes along. And we just kind of have to do like fall back on like, well, I guess they're mid-range flex options and keep expectations low for both until we see some sort of pattern established in, the, in this backfield. Because right now it's basically it's like week-to-week chaos and you can't you can't detect any trends in the usage unless maybe Pat Corain can because he seems to detect a trend <laughs> in everything. Uh, so am I right or am I wrong, Pat? No, I think you're right. I think for now, this is going to be a very uncertain backfield. We may see Akers get a little bit more work, but Henderson, I think, would keep like uh, third down snaps, that type of role. It does strike me that McVay really wants Akers to be the guy. So I think Big at time. some point, Definitely. Badly. We, Definitely. we should see him get back <laughs> it, to it, like 70 80% of snaps yeah, at it, some it, point. Matter of fact, now, Cam Akers fumbled at the goal line, which would have been his second touchdown. Now, Sean McVay did say that had the Cardinals score quick and the Rams got the ball back in four-minute offense, he was going to go right back to Cam Akers after that fumble and let him run out the clock. So, it's, yeah, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you, Pat. Hey, look, <laughs> he's slowly but surely becoming that guy that we love him to be. <laughs> All right, fellas, on the good news front, Tom Brady had the mo- his most uh, fantasy points of the 2022 season in week three. The bad news is it was under 15. Now, we know the Bucks were basically missing everybody right now, but I think the expectations for Brady are obviously falling much short. Pat, when the reinforcements arrive, are you much more optimistic about Brady? I may be a little more optimistic than the, the crowd might be, and it was hard to be optimistic about Sunday's game, even with the 42 attempts. 
13 targets to Russell Gage. And that's 2019 Tom Brady. That's New England Patriots Tom Brady. But uh, he, it was also he had no choice but to be New England Patriots Tom Brady. There are We have an immediate reinforcement on the way, of course. And Mike Evans, week four against the Chiefs. Chris Godwin was still not practicing in any form last week. He's probably on the wrong side of questionable for week four. You know, he's not on injured reserve. So that means they expect him to miss fewer than four games. And maybe one reason why I'm remaining a little more bullish on Tom Brady and some other people might be is that the run game isn't making this like a tough decision for Tampa Bay. You know, the, the Packers run defense looked soft in week two against the Chicago Bears. And then it did not look soft against Leonard Fournette in week three. And, you know, Lenny, he's been playing through some injuries, but that's what Leonard has been doing increasingly of late. He has not been staying anywhere close to 100% healthy. And, you know, a guy who's already not explosive in the best of times, that's hurting his explosiveness. And it's not like giving the Bucks an out. Like, I think they're going to have to remain the Bucks once these guys get healthy. We're going to have to see increased passing game volume. And it's going to be, thankfully, to a supporting cast that is much better than the 2019 New England Patriots. So it's t- you know, I'm not saying we're 2015. We saw physical decline from Peyton Manning. We're not seeing that from Tom Brady. It's just about the injuries and the supporting cast. And I do think that will get better. And Tom Brady will get back to something resembling like a QB eight, QB nine. All right. Staying on the quarterback front, closing it out with the quarterback front. Obviously, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts are in a totally different tier than everybody else right now. All three of them have 85-plus fantasy points through the first three weeks. No other quarterback has more than 70. Pat, I'll throw to you right now. Are these guys going to kind of break brains and challenge people to take quarterbacks (laughs) earlier with just how significantly they are outperforming the rest of the pack? Yeah, they are tiering alone at the top, and Thankfully, we're seeing like the dual threat roaring back. After last year, the one through four QBs were Josh Allen, who was a dual threat. But then Justin Herbert, who's an elite athlete, but isn't really a dual threat. Tom Brady was the QB three last year. Patrick Mahomes, who should be a part of this tier, but I think is being limited by a supporting cast. They can't figure out what their target delineation should be. And yeah, I just think we're seeing order being restored at quarterback. Where this last year was, was a down year for the dual threat for quarterback rushing. This year is like reminding that, yeah, that was just a fluke. Uh, Lamar Jackson is still going to be a league winner. Uh, Jalen Hurts, it could talk about a league winner. Jalen Hurts <laughs> is looking like the league winner so far of 2022. And Lawrence, am I correct? I mean, Lamar, I, I know, uh, here you're a Lamar Jackson fan. Um, are you happy with this play so far uh, through three games? Can you find anything to nitpick? Nitpick? Uh, no, I don't. I don't want to strain myself by uh, nitpicking, <laughs> but everything's going as planned. Uh, so far, so good. And did you see that number five name on that board? My man, two was just creeped in there real quick on you. On the Ravens, the the Ravens are a pass first team. They're almost a pass heavy team right now. So I think that is just super bullish as you look uh, for Lamar the rest of the year. All right, Pat, great having you on. Thank you so much for joining us. We are going to go to break, but when we are back, we are talking Monday Night Football for our last call. Some Monday Night Football props to sneak in as well right after this. The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code PEACOCK and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Simply download the BetMGM app today. Or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code PEACOCK to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. All 
Monday Night Football, fellas. Plenty of props on the board. Let's take a look during last call at the most bet Monday Night Football props here. Thanks to our very good friends at BetMGM. Saquon Barkley to score the first touchdown, plus 600. Not the craziest odds there. Saquon Barkley to score anytime touchdown is minus money at minus 120. Saquon Barkley over 22.5 receiving yards, minus uh, 115. Fellas, before we give our Monday Night Football player props, was there any of those three that you like? All of them. All of them. It, You're it, on the Saquon it, it, train. It, it do make me a little nervous since everybody on Saquon. Let's just start with you, Lawrence. What, what is your prop? I think I, can, I have a good idea where you're going with your prop then. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm going to go to over on 76 and a half yards rushing for Saquon. He had a tough 72 against the Panthers. They stuck with the run, so that let me know that no matter what, they're going because they it has to be Saquon or Bust on the offense, and that's why I'm going to go with the over under there, the over. Pat, what are you looking at tonight? So I kind of like Richie James over two and a half receptions. Kadarius Tony doubtful for this game. He was playing a little bit more Tony last week, and he was getting work in the slot. That's where Richie James operates. Richie James has a shallow average depth of target below 10. That's going to lead to a little bit more in terms of target volume, a little bit more in terms of reception volume. Two and a half is two below where Sterling Shepard's line is. I think that's pretty good value yeah so you believe i mean not that he's going to be fed a high amount of targets but richie james is kind of here to stay league lifelong special teams guy is now factoring his legitimate wide receiver in some kind of sense for brian dable yeah for as long as tony's not playing he, he's gonna be out there yeah and with Kadarius tony we know it's a different injury by the hour at this point uh i'm gonna close mine out here fellas and i'm curious what you think tony pollard over two and a half receptions pollard caught four passes last week Here's the deal. I think Cooper Rush is going to lean on throwing to his running backs, and when Tony Pollard is on the field, he's going to run a decent amount of routes. Yeah, I think uh, you could take that same bet on Ezekiel Elliott, mm. too. I like it for both running backs for the reason you just said. This is a rational coaching play. Pollard has been really good this year. He should be over this. All right, final predictions for the game tonight, fellas. Last I saw was the Cowboys were favored, I believe, by two and a half. The line was pretty close. We'll just go money line. You going with Brian Dable's two and New York Giants or the Cooper Rush led Dallas Cowboys? Right Give me now. the Giants. Let's have the Giants. Three and Giants. Undefeated. Let's go. I'll take the Cowboys to make a pass <laughs> rush. Yeah, I'm going to go with Dallas as well. I think it's going to be a really, really close game, and it's just something wild to think about the Giants starting three and no matter what. That is it for last calls. Matthew Barry says you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We will catch you tomorrow, 12 Eastern time on Peacock. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.